Welcome back, everybody, to Cinnabums. Um, producer Jake, uh, tuning in here again for the final episode of 2022. Yeah, let's let's introduce who we got today. Um, starting with the man, uh, the Misfit Pond, who he's a three timer now. It's his third time being on, dude. Thanks, thanks for coming back. No, thank I, you, dude. It's always a pleasure. You're always so stoic. You're always wearing a nice a nice film shirt. So you got a Bong Joon Ho. <laughs> Uh, movie gotta represent uh, the kino man <laughs> yeah people love having you on though so thank you for coming back man that means a lot no problem yeah um and the n- newcomer we got eric um who's bet on the misfit pond channel he's, yep. he's got an amazing taste in film and i love and i've wanted to have him on for a long time but dude thank you for coming on i appreciate it oh man it, it's i'm honestly really stoked to be here like it it after Carlos appeared the last time, I literally thought, like, damn, it'd be really cool to go on the podcast and uh, talk about some films. Hell yeah, we made it. So thank you. We manifested it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, and returning back, he was on the Crimes of the Future episode, um, which is a is a reviled film in in the Discord of the Misfit Pod, but. <laughs> Lucas and I, into the future. <laughs> Lucas and I love the movie. Lucas, thanks for coming back, dude. Thanks for having me. I heard the podcast also bombed. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only, only you and I listened to it and promoted to it. It was just like the the reception of Crimes of the Future, um, which I'll say again, that movie rocks, and everyone is wrong. And Carlos's review, <laughs> Carlos's review is is oh, here, hearsay. I'm glad yes, that somebody I'm out there enjoys it. It's funny because like Eric is the. He's like one of the biggest Cronenberg fans I know, and he also he he himself did not like the movie. Yeah, I love Cronenberg, and that movie like just disappointed the hell out of me personally. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. It's his. It's a very disconnected film in a lot of ways. Like, there's not a lot to grasp onto, and that's why our our podcast was us kind of um, being just super analytical about every decision in the film. It wasn't like an emotional like visceral reaction to the movie but i do really love it i I know lucas you you were into it as well but yeah it's it's a movie where the plot sounds more like old school cronenberg but the execution is very much like 2000s cronenberg you know it's much more um oh god i'm blanking on the movie i was gonna reference but you know yeah i know the yeah i know the movie (laughs) Are you talking about Kiss uh, Cosmopolis? Cosmopolis. Yeah, yeah, Cosmopolis. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot more Cosmopolis than it is his early stuff. Like Ab- definitely. Yeah, and we 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 did our top five Cronenberg, and Cosmopolis was in my I think both of our top five. So we clearly like the more obscure, weird ass Cronenberg movies too. But I also Crash is probably my favorite in Videodrome. So Crash is easily my favorite. <laughs> Crash is my it's my least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> It's not even a favor. I just think it's a bad movie all around. All right, so I'll cut that out of the pod. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> did you? Did you? I know. I think one of you saw this movie already, but did you guys see the trailer for Infinity Pool? Oh, no. I'm super excited about that movie. The Brandon Cronenberg movie. Oh, I did see that. Yes, it looks fucking scary, dude. Like it's like very dreadful and like just. It looks like a nightmare fueled movie, but. I- I didn't even know we had another movie come out, but I absolutely loved Possessor like a lot. So just on so that good. alone, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, it stars Mia Goth and uh, 
Alexander Skarsgård, I think. Um, yes. Yeah. And th- yeah, the trailer I saw before Bones and All, and that shit looked mm-hmm. insane. It, at the very least, it's going to be unique and different, which I'm very excited for. I'm a huge fan of Possessor as well. So like seeing him kind of ramp up to a bigger budget and just like an insanely great. That's like dream casting for a horror movie is Skarsgård and be a goth. So right. Yeah, I couldn't I, I couldn't be more excited for that. And that comes out like early, early next year, I believe. So which I think we'll talk about that more later, because one thing we're going to do in this podcast later is talk about our most anticipated for the next year. But the main topic I wanted to talk about today, since the year is actually wrapping up, is our favorite theater experiences of 2022, which we've never done on the Cinebums before, because I think mainly when I started working on this pod uh, was during the COVID pandemic, like right when it started. So not a lot of theatrical experiences to really discuss you know like maybe you could talk about seeing tenant in 2020 um (laughs) but but yeah so like this is the first like full calendar year of films in a long time you know in at least three years to where there was like an equal amount of blockbusters indie dramas a24 movies horror movies all that good stuff so i mean like first of all like what do you guys do you guys think this was a good year for for movies overall, like or, or mediocre, or bad? I mean, I'd say it was pretty damn good. I personally think this is like an excellent film. I thought last year was like really solid for films, um, mm-hmm. but I think this year honestly is better. It's not as good as twenty nineteen. That year is pretty insane. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah I, no. <laughs> I love this year a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Lucas, yeah, are you, same. You... <laughs> um, this year, when you go through your list, like there's the memorable stuff from this year, and then there's just so many movies that kind of came and went. Like I'm thinking about like Kimmy. Um, yeah. I love Deep Water, which is like not a good movie, but just I'm lots right there of with stuff you. that that we got to watch on streamers that um, you know, you forget about when you think about the year, and then you go back and look, and yeah, I would say it was very strong. Absolutely, and and I guess. Uh, there's a lot of movies that at least in LA there was a lot of movies that were streaming but also had a theatrical release which I thought was really cool because like I got, I was able to see I'm sure you guys were able to see it too but like Glass Onion which is going to be exclusively on oh, Netflix I can't wait to watch that um, I'm so very excited soon. I, I, I love the movie even more even maybe more so than the first movie personally so I, I, I can't wait to see what your review is oh, about yeah. that one but um, that's a movie that I felt was really heightened for having that group experience because like it the movie was kind of like a roller coaster ride in terms of like the narrative and everything. So like hearing people's initial reactions were just would just heighten my enjoyment of that movie just so much more. So um that's kind of why I, I like this episode because it's kind of talking about the the group experience and um because the movies I picked, I don't know about you guys, they're not my favorite favorite movies of the year but it was the most special time i had at a theater if that makes sense i'm with you yeah yeah more of like a memorabilia thing you know like you can just remember how you felt leaving the theater i guess so Mm -hmm. absolutely so yeah uh i'll kick it off first i guess since i i i I brought this topic up um cool my favorite i kind of broke it down by category um and I ha- I do have one film. I told these guys that we-, we could do one film that's a revival screening, meaning it's an old film playing at like a revival theater 
um, and it still counts as technically a theatrical experience that you saw this year. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> and I'm a nerd, so I do that all the time. But I, I did have one that I'll mention later, um, and I can't wait to see Carlos Carlos's face when I talk about it. <laughs> uh, um, but the first movie I'll talk about was just the pure, the most fun I had at the theater um, in 2022, and not like in an intellectual way or like even sort of like an analytical, like I, it was more just the visceral experience of having just an absolute blast at the theater. And Lucas, I'm, I, I think you'll agree with this one, but barbarian was a movie I saw in, I believe it came out in June, June or July. Um, and this year was great for horror all around. And there's, there's plenty of, I, th- I still think that's my favorite horror movie of the year, but I didn't know shit going into this movie other than that it was it went really well at festivals and there was just a strong word of mouth about it. And just from the very first frame, I was just entranced. And the way that movie escalates is just I just think is so it's 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 why I love seeing horror in a crowd just to hear that visceral sort of shock and and just disgust of what's happening on screen and how insane the plot is escalating and also that movie has a lot of humor so there's a lighter fare to to, to seeing that in, in, in a screening with a, with a huge group of people that truly don't know what they're in for or what the story is going to bring out or what what the movie is at all and like i guess it's that secretive aspect and the and the fact that no one really knew where the movie was going um not to mention i think it was executed just super well and that movie from a pure just fun and 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 leaving the theater just overjoyed and having a great time with your friends and 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 the group in general like that's that to me is the most fun i had in the theater so uh yeah Bar- i i haven't revisited barbarian since then just because seeing the first time was just so fucking fun so so yeah that's that's my first one i'll bring up Nice. Absolutely phenomenal movie. Uh, Definitely got the loudest reaction from the audience of a movie I've seen in theaters, like at the big reveal in that film. You know, people uh, people screamed. I I don't I don't know. It was um, it's one that I don't think would necessarily hold up on like rewatches. I I don't want to test it out too soon. But yeah, that was a great one. I agree with that. That's that's why it's like the pure theater experience is going to live on and i'll probably remember for this year just because it was so heightened by the group experience and just people shrieking at the screen so did you did you see it yeah i watched barbarian but um when it hit vod basically um i i like the movie but i'm not really crazy about it like i i think the first act is actually really good i also Mm -hmm. really dig the second act but i pretty much don't like the third act at all and it kind of like I mean, I still, I would still give the movie a fresh rating. I still give it like a soft, a solid six or something like that. But like overall, I think it had an excellent setup and like it really subverts what you expect out of the film. But then by the end of it, it just, I don't know, Mm -hmm. for me, it just kind of felt really underwhelming with the approach it went in the third act. So unfortunately I did, I I wasn't in love with it, but I, I could definitely see the appeal to the film though, for sure. Yeah, totally. And I know what you're saying about the third act. Like it gets pretty sloppy and the whole movie doesn't necessarily deliver on the tense nature of the first act, but it was it was just, it, it was a movie I just didn't analyze because I just had so much fun with it. That's kind of why I picked it though. So Eric, did you see That's it in enough. theaters? 
Yeah, I uh, I saw Barbarian by myself in theaters. Um, I didn't like the whole auditorium wasn't uh, empty. There were people there, and it was a fun um, theater experience. Um, I really enjoy the hell out of it. I don't think it's like the greatest thing ever, which some people kind of hyped it up to be. But honestly, I'm with you, Jake. I think the movie is a fucking blast. Personally, I loved it start to finish. Although I guess I'm willing to admit that the um, the buildup is stronger than like how the film wraps up or the execution. But overall, I think it's a really fun ride. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's accurate, too, because I think the buildup was when people were most just like I was literally gritting my teeth when they're going down the hallways and stuff. So great. Yeah, I think it was that uneasiness that just really, really amped up the first half, at least. Um, And I'm a fan of the way the movie unfolds, but I could see other people being like, OK, it just becomes kind of a stereotypical like cat and mouse monster movies, you know, typically. No, so. I am, too. I love the way the movie unfolds personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um so yeah, uh who wants to who wants to go next? I mean, any if anyone wants to just throw another I mean, one shit. out. I'll go next. Um all right. So when it comes to like the best theater experiences that I've had this year, I kind of have different I have like kind of two different criteria. There's one criteria where it's like to me, a really great theater experience can be just when everybody shuts the hell up and then I get to actually experience the movie and get fully immersed in it. But then, and obviously it depends on what kind of movie it is and how the audience is reacting. It kind of plays a huge part in it as well. Um, but then there's like this other aspect of it to where, kind of like you were describing, where like the audience is just, you know, there's this like group mentality to where like everybody's just having a blast with the movie and like they're reacting really loudly, but it's like respectfully like to the art or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to be really, and when it comes to that criteria, my favorite theater experience this year, it's got to be probably like wild to say this, but Jackass Forever was like <laughs> such an awesome movie experience in the theater. Like It really was. It's Fuck. like one of those things to where like everybody knows why they're there and everybody just, has such an awesome time. And it's one of those things where you don't mind like people shouting and like, you know, having commentary or like, you know, or whatever, like yeah. just shouting at the screen because it's, it's literally a movie that is kind of made for that kind of reaction. So it's, that was a whole lot of fun. I really, really had a blast with that movie. Um, so like in that regard, that was one of my favorite theater experiences. But in terms of like actually having, well, here's another one where like, the entire theater like was basically quiet and it's because there was nobody in it at all. Um, it was when I went to go see Pearl. So like nice. Pearl, I wasn't even that huge of the movie, honestly. Like I like it, but I'm not huge on it. Like I'll probably give it like, I think I gave it a soft six or something like that, but it was really great experience. Cause I was this huge theater in an art theater that I love and nobody was in it except for me and my partner, Jen. And we just got to experience it like in all of its glory. So that was really fun. <laughs> Nice. But I but I know I know Eric loves Pearl today. <laughs> oh yeah, Pearl is like near my fucking top ten. It's like just outside my top ten. Yeah, I, Pearl's great, and it kind of goes back on what I said about uh, Barbarian. But horror crowds can kind of be notoriously annoying, just yeah. talking over things. Like when I saw Smile this year, I just had like a really annoying crowd 
that wouldn't stop just i don't know laughing at jump scares predicting what would happen mm-hmm. in the next sequence just talking about literally everything out loud um but something like pearl is more of like sort of a artful you know it's mm-hmm. it's a Ty west tour movie so um so that's cool that no one was there and you can kind of just yeah. listen to mia goth's monologue without <laughs> yeah. talking over it, you know? <laughs> yeah because um, i mean we're we're I, like we're we're being eric live like going to see a horror movie is just like i mean it's like playing russian roulette with like every <laughs> with like with every single bullet in the chamber except for one or something yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. like like it doesn't matter like you could if you go to see any horror movie and it doesn't matter which day you go opening day i mean opening day t- like tends to get the worst result like usually yes but you know even if you wait like you're bound to get people in that theater that are just gonna talk and have commentary and it's one thing to react like appropriately to the movie but oh my god like yeah most of the time people are just being so like disrespectful and very immature like i mean eric can tell you about our experience with men in the theater i walked out i i literally walked out 30 minutes into it because i could not because i was loving the movie quite a bit um so when everybody literally everybody but carlos jeremy and jen were ruining the movie for me i i couldn't i just fucking left and i was like nope i'll catch it another time did you ever go back and watch men uh yeah i did i forgot how long i waited i waited like half a week but yeah i i went back and i loved it of course wow that's another rough movie to watch with a bad crowd because it's more about the atmosphere and it's 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 kind of similar to pearl it's a quieter horror movie and people oh yeah don't have the patience i remember i saw hereditary me and my ex-girlfriend when i was in chicago like it was opening night of hereditary and you could tell there was a lot of like teenagers that wanted to see a stereotypical sort of horror movie slasher. Um, and there were so many people that I could hear just groaning and, 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 and talking over certain things and laughing at really emotional, like Tony Collette's monologue. I remember at the dinner table, which is for my money, one of the best scenes in any horror movie ever. Yes. Like, people were fucking like howling and laughing. What? At yeah. Dude. Oh my God. That's insane. Yeah. And people, when, you know, the clicking sound like that, that oh yeah, the classic. Oh, yeah. That yeah. became like a motif, and there were people in the theater just doing that throughout the movie and like laughing their asses off. So, so I wanted to walk out so bad. Um, I remember <laughs> being my girlfriend at the time. We're like, this fucking sucks, and I think we we went to go see it again like a week later. But it was, but yeah, man, the horror. You're right, and like horror crowds can just be death. Like people you just, just act like a, they just act like a bunch of like immature sixth graders. It's like crazy how you have. I mean, sometimes it is like teenagers, but a lot of the time these are like grown adults acting like fucking teenagers, yeah. and it's pretty yeah. pathetic. That's so true, too. I'm with yeah. you. But anyways, uh, we should probably ask Lucas what his favorite thing is. Yeah. <laughs> or Eric, whichever one. Um, yeah, I can go. I was gonna discuss ambulance first because <laughs> Yeah, um, my man. <laughs> that is a movie that just got my heart rate going. Um every single scene of that movie, like I don't know. It's one of those movies where you don't have to talk about the action. You don't have to talk about like the car chases with the ambulance or the helicopters or the drone shots. It's like every dialogue choice they make in that movie is absurd. Like it's just (laughs) such a treat. Like you could just dig into every second of that movie. And I I had a blast doing that in theaters. I love how you disregard all of Michael Bay's craft and you're like, just Jake well, Gyllenhaal screaming at Isla Gonzalez in the ambulance. So, so I, I should go on the record. Like, I Jake knows, 
I'll even defend the the action set pieces and some of the coordination in like the later Transformers movies. Like I'm a huge <laughs> Michael Bay defender. I just mean everybody knows that. Like you don't have to stand on that for Michael Bay. You just you know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, I agree with what you're saying. I I I can't advocate for the Transformers movies, but. The, I come what, off like such a clown on this podcast, but <laughs> I'm just gonna lean into it. That's fine. No, I, we need that. We need that because we're all serious talking about. Well, Carlos said jackass, but no, I, 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 I agree. I agree. I agree it's with the ambulance. High-minded. I didn't think about that. That the dialogue is what because that's kind of what puts it over the edge. Because like it, it is so absurd and hilarious. Like just the interactions within the ambulance. It's like. It's like a Sidney Lumet movie turned up to like a million, you know? <laughs> it's, I agree. It's exactly like a Sidney Lumet movie. <laughs> Michael Bay and Lumet in the same sentence. <laughs> oh Honestly, that, that, it's got me really interested to see. I'm just like really curious to see what you guys are talking about now. Well, so, oh, if you haven't seen it, no, it is genuinely like however many years into his career, it feels like Michael Bay is like hitting his stride with this. Like he cut out so much of the like childish yeah. like, we're talking about how funny it is but there's no like ball jokes or anything like that like in the transformers movies like okay there might be a few um, ball jokes in there they're, they're tasteful though they're tasteful, <laughs> they're tasteful. <laughs> it's a tasteful nut jokes <laughs> no, no it is like the characters are actually really genuine in the film like you actually somewhat give Absolutely. a shit like the brotherhood between jake gyllenhaal and um yaya abdul batiste is that his name they're both Mateen, fucking yeah. Okay, I butchered it bad, but oh no, that was good. That was that was better than I would have done. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal's legit going to be in my ballot for best actor this year. I'm not even. That's not even a bit. Like he's he he, he dials into the tone of that movie so much. Yeah, no, he's insane in it. Uh, just an all around great time, great experience. He he knew the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos, if it, I'll pay you fifty dollars to review that on your channel, I'll put that out there. <laughs> so, All right, <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah, I'll uh, keep that in mind. <laughs> Eric, you want to go next? Yeah. So, in in keeping up with the theme of like just in general having an, a a fucking blast in theaters, um, I'm gonna go with Triangle of Sadness. I went to go mm. see this two times, one by myself and once um with uh. Carlos and Perry and uh, Jeremy and both times I had a fucking blast. Like I, that, I don't know. I I've never seen a movie where I'm just simultaneously like fucking laughing my ass off, but I legitimately felt sick the first time I watched triangle of sadness. So it was a really unique experience to say the least. And um, as far as I can tell, everybody was enjoying the film. There's just so many moments you, hear the audience like just going along with what the film fucking does which was really just a treat um yeah i i think triangle of sadness if you're into it is a really great film but also like a really good crowd pleaser like i just loved my experience watching that same nice. dude that was a that was an absolute blast <laughs> oh yeah, that's was a so great fun. call it um yeah. it didn't get enough buzz. I feel like like I didn't hear as much discourse about it as I was expecting uh, coming out of seeing that movie. Hmm. Damn, I I'm the only one that hasn't seen it in this group. That sucks. I, I should go watch. <laughs> you you really should. I love that movie to death. It's so great. Yeah, same. I love it. 
Yeah, I, I've heard about the notorious like everyone starts puking at one point and. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> that scene in general goes on for a long time, and I swear to God, it's like one of the greatest thing to ever be on the screen. <laughs> yeah, it's like peak cinema for this year for my yeah. money. <laughs> Lucas, what did you say about that movie? You were did you positive or negative on it? Oh no, I love that movie. I just um, you know, it was so lauded critically that I expected it to get more traction, like you know, among my friends and stuff. Like I just didn't hear much hype for that movie. That's all I said. Oh, okay, okay. Um, because I agree about it being like a very cl- crowd pleasing movie. Hmm. I've heard some Oscar buzz, like, uh, yeah, specifically about the screenplay and I don't know the actress's name, but the supporting actress in the movie, apparently, who's really integral in the third act. That's what I've heard about that. Yeah, Yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. Okay. Without revealing too much. (laughs) I I do know kind of where the movie goes in the third act, so I can guess, but I'm dying to see the movie and just form an opinion on it in general, so... It is on my list. It's high up on my list, but um, yeah, I'll go next. I'll I'll, I'll kind of piggyback on what uh, Carlos alluded to about a fully silent, immersive experience at the movies. Um, and that this might be recency bias and also because it's my favorite film of the year. But I saw this movie last week alone on a Tuesday night at around 10 p.m. And there was barely anyone in the theaters. Um, and the movie's After Sun, which, if you guys don't mm. know, is the directorial debut of of Charlotte Wells, who's an up-and-coming filmmaker. Um, and this was distributed by A24, and I didn't know a lot about it going in. I knew it was a semi-autobiographical movie. Um, but what that movie is is really just a fragmented uh, recount of her her time with her father on a vacation and the way the movie's told, like the camera work and the sound design are so you wouldn't think it's meant for the theater. Cause it's like a $5 million budget film, but it's like a sensory experience. Cause like you fully feel like you're living her memories and stuff like little gestures and, and conversations she has with her dad. They feel so inherently like cinematic and huge. And the fact that I saw it in such a quiet theater, like that it's the most immersive and like emotional theater experience I had this year. So, um, and it might be recency bias again, cause I saw it like a week ago, but uh, it is, I think it's the greatest film that came out in 2022 personally. So um, did, did any of you guys happen to see after sun? I know it's not as talked about as, as other sh- stuff coming out right now, but I'm dying to get, I'm dying to see that movie. And um, I was, planning to go see it at the plaza but i didn't end up doing it because as i've said before it's it's a chore driving there and um the tickets are fucking insane like insanely mm, priced yeah. so i would i would say even though waiting for vod which i imagine won't be super long um i just want more people to watch it because i think it's it's pure i think it's one of the movies of this year i could truly say could only be made as a film if that makes sense, just because everything is working. I, I, Carlos and I have talked about like where everything's working in harmony, like the music, the acting, the filmmaking, everything is just working in such harmony. We're like that movie what felt beyond film to me. It felt like an actual like piece of someone's memory in their psyche. So, so well, yeah, it got to me much more excited to see it because like <laughs> I really didn't have like just from the trailer, like I wasn't 
that like I mean I wanted to see it but like I wasn't that like hype about it uh, the only thing that got me kind of hype was like all the really great reviews it's been getting but the way yeah. you describe the film makes it sound like an experience and I really want to check it out even more now so I'm gonna I'm gonna put that like as a high priority for sure yeah our friend Mike like champions that movie to an insane <laughs> degree he also says it's like one of the no he says it is the best film of the year for him so yeah. that's really cool Mike and I were talking about it for like hours after the movie. Like we were just talking about like our interpretations on it and just how it affected us. So I, I think it inspired, if more people would see it, it would inspire a lot of discussion because it doesn't spoon feed anything. It's really just your interpretation of this girl's experiences as she comes of age on, on vacation. So and it's hard to sell a movie like that. Cause it's literally the, there's no plot in the film other than that. It's a, a very, very memorable part of this filmmaker's life so um so guys just everyone go see after some that's 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 my whole point of this i guess but uh but yeah uh yeah carlos if go ahead yeah um i mean i guess i'll go with a more obvious one um which is one of the more recent films i saw in theaters which is holy spider um i mean that film on its own is absolutely incredible but it was really cool to see it, first of all, like in a pretty nice theater with a really big screen. And it was just a big like auditorium with hardly anybody in it. And the people that were in it were very like quiet and they were very like obviously like respectful to the film, which was great. Um, and it was just like everything was on point. Like the sound was really loud and, you know, on point there. The screen was huge and everybody was quiet and it made for a very immersive experience. And the fact that it's an incredible film that I consider to be, it's the only film that I've given this year, uh, a perfect score of a five out of five, a 10 out of 10. Um, It's, I mean, on every phase of filmmaking, it's absolutely incredible. I don't really want to talk too much about it in terms of plot details, because I do feel like this is a film that is, I mean, almost like most films, but this film, especially, I think it's better experienced, like not knowing too much about it. Um, but all I'm going to say is that like it's uh, it, it's a film from Iran, technically, because he didn't make it in Iran for obvious reasons when you see the film. But um, the filmmaker is from Iran. And um, I mean, I've only seen one film from him called Border previously, and I love that film. But uh, Ali Abbasi, the filmmaker, I mean, he created something that is so visceral, so important um, and just like masterfully made like the for the opening the first like 10 minutes or so of the film that leads to like the opening title card is just like incredible awe. yes it's mm-hmm. it's awe inducing like you watch it and like it reminded me what 10 out of 10 filmmaking looks like immediately i was like this is what it feels like again to like feel like i'm watching something that is just so engrossing and masterfully crafted it was and then I thought to myself, well, shit, if it keeps this up the whole movie, I think we got a real fucking banger on our hands. And yeah, it does. It, it, it To me, it does not let the foot off the gas. It's incredible, like, through and through. So yeah. I cannot. Yeah. The movie I, I, starts out so strong and it just keeps going. Yeah, I I can't I can't recommend that film enough. I mean, I I feel like it's not getting talked about as much as it should. Some people don't like it that much. Honestly, I, I don't see how anybody can come out of this movie and talk about how bad it is. Cause like that guy's kind of shocking to me. Um, Cause everything about it to me is just so fucking effective. So um, 
Yeah, I, I definitely implore people to go watch this movie. And I mean, if you can in the theater, because I do think that this would be a, I think this is a film that is better experienced in the theater, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I understand like not everybody's going to get access to that. It's probably going to get a very like limited release. So if you can though, please go see it. It's incredible. Yeah. I was, we were talking about this movie off mic a little bit and it's playing near me. So I I'm very intrigued to go see it um, before it leaves theaters. Cause I mean, the way you described it, it seems like it's, 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 it's the definition of a heightened version of seeing a movie on the big screen with better sound design and better visuals yeah. and, and all that stuff. And it's, Lucas, it's got an excellent score too, by the way. I love the score to the film. Me too. It's oh, so shit. great. Lucas, have you heard of that movie too? I, I was just gonna say I'm very jealous that you have been able to see it in theaters. Um I can't I have not been able to find this movie. I've been dying to watch it. It sounds incredible. Yeah, dude. Um, I mean, you're not alone. A lot of people don't have access to, I mean, almost everybody I know can't watch this movie unless like you're like Jake and live in LA or something. Mm-hmm. I don't think like most people can't watch this movie. Um, for some reason, luckily it came to an art theater here in Atlanta. Yeah. We were able to see it, but that was like sheer luck. Like, so it somehow that's awesome got to that me, it did. Carlos. Yeah. Sorry. Hopefully it gets a wider distribution at some point. I mean, from my friends in the Discord, they said that like it's hitting their theater in January, so it's definitely possible yeah. that it'll come near you in January. Gotcha. Yeah, well, I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for it. Hell yeah, dude. Me too. I, I promise I, I will see it in theaters because like, it feels like it needs to be... It's a necessity, and and why not? You know, It, it would always be better to see that than yeah. on my shitty TV. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh lucas um i'm gonna go with three thousand years of longing next oh Um, interesting yeah interesting so so a a little divisive as a movie um i'm not here to really defend you know everything that the movie is saying or every bit that the movie goes for but just as like a pure experience like i really got wrapped up in this and um mm-hmm. not similar as a movie obviously to barbarian but i think similar in that there were things about it that i didn't question because i was experiencing it on a big screen and because i was so wrapped up in the atmosphere and the tone and the sound of it that maybe at home would have stood out to me more you know would have yeah. would have rubbed up against me more um but seeing it in theaters like i just love this movie i thought it was gorgeous and magical in a way that a lot of stuff with bigger budgets has not really achieved for me um so yeah i agree 100 percent. i mean i'm a big big supporter of that movie i know it was very very divisive amongst like even george miller fans you know because coming off of mad max fury road it's hard to sort of top that experience but for for how earnest the movie is and how i guess creative like the scope of it is and how big it feels. I, I, I agree that I kind of overlooked some objectively, you know, objective flaws that the movie might have story wise. So, and the movie certainly is not for everybody, but I, I've talked to a lot of people that are big defenders of it. And I agree is like visually just so gorgeous to see on, on big screen. It's a really interesting pick. I wasn't expecting you to say that. Me neither. (laughs) What's, can can I hear some pushback? I'm uh I'm curious. No, I've never seen. I didn't, I've never I didn't, seen it. I didn't bother to oh. see it because everybody that I know says it's like a mid movie, so I just never. Mm. I didn't go out to see it, unfortunately. But that's I mean, yeah. a, 
That's a fair thing, but I think what gets overlooked by that is like it's not mid as like a watching experience. Even if there's things about it that you won't work for you, like I think we kind of take for granted just how incredible like the art direction always is on George Miller yeah. movies. You know, not that anyone did with Fury Road, of course. Yeah. I think I also think George Miller's not I think with certain film fans, he's like seen as one of one of the best to do it right now. But I think a lot of people kind of overlook him because he just he's been away for so long and he started making like fucking happy feet and babe. Uh, but it, <laughs> the fact that he's come back with these I love Mad Max Fury Roads, like probably my favorite movie of the decade, last decade. So I'm a, just a massive fan. So I was yeah, yeah I, I was, that movie to death too. I was a huge, I was a huge supporter, but I would say like Eric and Carlos, like I think it's worth watching if it's like streamable somewhere. Just, 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 just. I think it's a movie that's not objectively. I think there's things wrong with it, like what Luke was was saying. But for a cinematic experience, that gets pretty special. I mean, I'll take your recommendation, man. I mean, I don't know when I'll be able to see it, but I'll definitely keep that in mind. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Eric, you're up. Yeah, oh, so I'm I, so sorry, Blair. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I'm gonna. Um, you guys can call me Eric. Uh, just for this, um, like public episode thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I'm. I'm sorry. I fumbled that completely. No, no, no worries. I should have communicated that to everybody. Uh, <clears throat> but for this next one, I'm gonna go with the movie that um, definitely didn't come out this year. I was fortunate enough to go see. La Strada with um Perry this this year in um a theater the the landmark theater in Atlanta and I first saw La Strada was one of the very first movies I saw this year and I love that movie so much it became uh in my top 10 like immediately and then one day I just saw that it was coming to Atlanta and I was like so excited like I wouldn't have missed it for the world and it was a really special experience like i it was it was a decently packed theater and it's just so cool that everybody in that room like either has a history with this like really important and amazing movie or they're about to experience it for the first time um it's honestly probably one of my favorite theater experiences like i've ever had just because how fan how important that movie is to me now and um, obviously going with a good friend like Perry. Uh, yeah, I had a phenomenal time. Like, I just enjoy the movie start to finish. And j- it was just a treat to see in theaters. I absolutely loved it. Nice. I-, I love that film to death, too. That's probably my favorite Fellini I've seen. So I'm jealous you got to see it on the, the big screen. I hope it plays again somewhere. Yeah, even though I'm not, you know, even though I love La Dolce Vita, I wouldn't be like as excited to watch that in theaters as I was for La Strada. Same thing with Eight and a Half, but I'm not, Mm. I don't love Eight and a Half like everybody else does. Do you like Knights of Kiberia? Oh, I really want to watch that, but I haven't seen it yet. Because I believe it stars the same actress of Mm -hmm. La Strada. Yeah, and she's she's great in both those films, so. Um, Oh, yeah, her performance is one of my favorite performances I've ever seen in La Strada, like her yeah. face communicates so much. It's insane. Like, I love it. Yeah. Good thing you have the avatar on right now. Cause you can kind of see. <laughs> oh <her>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very topical. I just, you know, it's true though. She's so good in it. Absolutely. I still haven't seen La Strada yet. I really got to get on that. 
You should uh, t- steal the disc from Perry somehow, or you know, <laughs> got every Fellini movie at his disposal. But true, yeah, true. that's a great film. Um, I'll piggyback off that one actually, and I'll, I'll talk about another revival screening I went to this year that's not as lovely and pleasant as La Strada. Um, and I, I kind of uh, teased this earlier, but uh, so I was I was able to see the movie. Uh, Solo. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> 120 days of Solo. Holy shit! By uh, Pier Pasolini, um, and obviously there's a there's a major lore. There's a lot of lore for this movie. Like people, <laughs> film fans, even I'm sure philosophy philosophy professors have preached about this movie for so long. And um, I was lucky. I saw it with three other friends who had also never seen solo and we were like fuck it let's watch it for the first time at the theater um packed house um with generally people around our age like a lot of dudes uh for some reason we're watching solo (laughs) Um, but you know all i'll say is i think the grotesque nature and the content of the film has overtaken a lot of what i think the artistry has to offer in that movie. Um, and I know I, I'm sure you guys have issues with the movie. I think we've even talked about your, that you're not a huge solo fan. Um, and I'm more appreciated for being a product of something of fascism, I guess it, it, the late, you know, late fascism arts sort of thing. And I will say the shit scene and the sex scenes and all the things people were saying, still hold up and they deeply affected a lot of people in the crowd. Like people were wincing and people were putting their hands in front of their face and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, the movie kind of speaks for itself. Like, you know, if you saw that in the big screen, it would really heighten your, the, the aspects that really have disturbed people for the past, you know, whatever half century it's been out. But, um, I don't say I love the film, but I love the fact that I saw it in a big crowd uh, with three of my buddies who also uh, really enjoyed the experience. And I think there's a lot of artistic stuff about the way that film was made and how daring it is and how subversive it is. So uh, I don't know. Do you, I mean, do you guys, do you Jake, guys hate <laughs> Jake? You have, you have experienced like a bucket listing for me. Like I'm not even joking. <laughs> like seeing solo in the big screen is like a bucket list thing for me. I really, I, I really, I, I'll, I love that movie. I'm not even going to be, you know, co- be coy around that. I really love that movie. Um, it's not perfect or anything, but no. I, I'm pretty much with you. I think there's a lot of artistic merit to it that go beyond just the grotesque nature of it. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I've seen like worse things, but it's still Same. like effective and I really appreciate it. And I know that's not not everybody feels that same way, of course. I, I sure. see the criticisms. I just personally I really like it. It's literally the most device one of the top most divisive films ever made so absolutely i wasn't i wasn't going there thinking everyone was going to leave all like hunky dory and praising the film but uh like you said though like i think there's artistic merit to it and i think carlos is shaking his head but (laughs) (laughs) i don't know yeah i mean i don't like the movie but i mean i don't know there's there's merit to it you know i'm not going to be like all the movies is completely without merit um, really, my biggest issue with the movie is just I just felt like 
it was one dimensional for the most part. Like, I mean, I yeah. understand that like not, not, not everybody feels that way, you know, but lot, there's tons of people that get a lot out of it, but I don't know. It just got to the point where it was for me, like, su- like it got to a point where I was surprisingly kind of bored by it. Like after a mm. while, because it was just kind of like, you know, okay, I'm just kind of waiting for the next like sick thing to happen over and over again for the whole movie. And like, the point that I got like in the first like 20 minutes is kind of the same point you get throughout the movie. So I was kind of like, I got to the point where I was just kind of bored with it. And then the third, like the final, like 10 minutes come. And then I found that more interesting. Um, But like in terms of a technical standpoint, I think like in terms of like the way it's shot, I think the framing like is very beautiful in like a lot of different ways. Um, There's a lot of really like stunning shots of the film, uh, despite how fucking like disgusting it is. (laughs) <laughs> but like you know overall like there's there's merit to it it's just it it, it it wasn't for me it's almost it's weird because it's almost the same reason why i don't like crash very much um for like the same reason i just feel like obviously crash isn't nearly as you know fucking grotesque but i just feel like the same kind of thing and like it's like i feel like i got this i, I kind of got the point like within the first 15 minutes and i feel like throughout the movie it's kind of just kind of doing the similar thing it's kind of repetitive about it yeah but um I mean, but again, even for both films, I don't, I don't think it's without merit. There's some people that are like very hyperbolic and like, oh, that movie is no value at all. I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not, I'm not in that camp. I can, I can see why there, why there is value here and there. Yeah. Right. That's and valid. no, I, 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 I agree with what you're saying as well, you know, and Lucas, that's, that's your favorite film, right? <laughs> I may, uh, I have never seen Solo and I'm not into like that much of the extremity kind of stuff although there is a yeah. notable exception from this year but i yeah i just don't have Ooh. the i don't have the stomach for like watching a lot of that kind of stuff usually i don't know that's i know that's a closed-minded opinion but mm. it just it gets to me in a way that i just don't really need no i i completely that's understand fair. that yeah yeah uh real quick does anyone want to do the gaspar noe impression for the for the solo <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I'd butcher it. One of my very favorite movies ever. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. I kind of want the Criterion just so I could hold it up and do the. the I don't have the Criterion. Oh, I own the Criterion. I love it. <laughs> but I don't have a webcam, so we're fucked. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. It's okay. Uh, all right, Carlos, you're up next. Oh, shit. All right. Um, so. I'm probably going to go with, um, surprisingly, I'm going to go with Bardo because um, Bardo is a film that like, I'm glad I was able to actually watch on the big screen because it's kind of a shame that the film is going to be viewed by most people on Netflix because the film is like, in terms of like from a visual standpoint, it's very, not only do I think it's very like, bizarre and out there in terms of content and everything so just like for that reason i think it would be cool to see on a big screen but like a lot of it is very like visionary in terms of like how things are shot and like the imagery that it offers it's just i think it's a great film for people to actually watch on the big screen and luckily i was able to do that and there wasn't that many people in the theater and yeah there was like a few people in there that were kind of annoying but i think it's just because of the fact that i don't think they I don't think they necessarily knew what they were in for with the movie Um, because it's, you know, 
I think they saw like, you know, Birdman and like The Revenant before and they thought, okay, I like those movies. So let me watch this one. But it's nothing like those movies at all. Um, Not only is it longer than both those movies, but it's just, again, this is a film that you could tell a lot like a lot like a film like Fellini's Eight and a Half. It's very like super personal, um, you know, very like it's it, it explores a lot in like his personal life it's a lot about identity and artistry um it's it's it's, it's political in a lot of ways but it's very like it's very uncompromising with its vision and its narrative approach like the whole film feels like this one giant like stream of consciousness with events that don't necessarily connect from one to the other and it's a very long experience with that kind of uncompromising vision and structure. So I think like for like for plenty of people, I just think they're going to be very frustrated after the first hour and a half of it. And they're going to realize they have a whole other hour and a half almost to go. Mm-hmm. And um, so like for that reason, I could see why, you know, some people would kind of be frustrated with it. But like, I'm glad that I got the opportunity to see something like that on the big screen, you know, rather than at home. So like, you know, I don't know at this point, I don't think it's playing in theaters anywhere for anybody. I don't but think like, so. yeah, but like, you know, if you have access to this film, when it, when it hits, when it hits uh streaming services, watch it obviously on the biggest screen you have, like in your house or something, because I do think that like visually it offers <laughs> a lot. So nice. But yeah. I can't wait for everybody else to see it though. Cause I saw it really early. I saw it like in back in November. So, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm excited to see that as well. And I admittedly am not the biggest fan of Inuritu's work, but damn. One thing I, I love, will say, I love that guy, man. I <laughs> Me know. too. I love him to I've death. I've caught a lot of shit for for shit talking the revenant. Just I'm not it's it's not <laughs> it's not my I'm not type saying a word. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my type of film, I'll just say that. But what I will say is I, I want to see Bardo because Inuritu is visually just such a stunning visionary in that regard so you know seeing that on the big screen will be definitely a treat for the eyes at least but maybe yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll look, like i said ears. this might be a this this one you might actually like like if you're not a big fan of his this is nothing like anything he's made before so in that regard okay. i think i think there's a good chance you'll actually like it in that in that for regard. sure for sure and you know i i don't want to cause trouble i know people worship alejandro but i <laughs> i love not that my, guy, not my bag and i i'm glad i'm i am glad though he's gotten success because he's he works fucking hard he almost he probably almost killed half his crew on the revenant so <laughs> you know but but yeah i yeah i can't wait to see it uh lucas Okay, so I'm going to go with Decision to Leave uh, strictly because every movie on my list can't just be like a <laughs> like an action blockbuster or a fantasy movie. A farce. <laughs> they all can't be farces, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but Decision to Leave uh, was an incredible watch, and it definitely takes the cake for me in terms of like a movie I watched this year where I had no idea where it's going. You know, like one thing you could say about Barbarian is, you know, it's going somewhere bad, but uh. <laughs> Decision to leave really takes a lot of right turns that I did not expect throughout. Um, yeah, it's beautiful to look at. Like it's very funny. It's extremely sad. I don't know. I just loved it. It was. Um, I don't. I guess it really is kind of a blockbuster in a way. But I yeah, don't know. It just Korean felt, cinema. It is yeah. 
Yeah, it just, I guess because it's Korean cinema, it felt very distinct from the other, like, big set-piece tentpole kind of movies I saw this year. Yeah, beat out uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse <laughs> of Madness for you? Just barely. And the <laughs> Christian Bale Thor movie or whatever. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying, though, because the scope of Decision to Leave feels just massive, and it spans a lot of time, and, like, you can't see a lot of filmmakers who make sort of a Hitchcockian love story, a comedic love story, sort of in the vein of a film noir, you know, at that maximum height of filmmaking. So that's I, that's the thing. Um, You know, it's been said a million times, but like just the fact that they're able to pull off making that movie that that's that tense and that thrilling, like also genuinely be a romantic comedy. Like, it's just incredible hmm. what Park Chan-wook is able to do with that. I agree. I I think he's one of the best filmmakers in general working today i think he's one of the best and i know eric, eric i love, you, you love the movie Leaf. too yeah yeah um we, we talked about it a little before we started um recording but i think that's an excellent movie and the the responses to the film were like a little mixed so i was kind of worried especially because i didn't find the premise or the synopsis to be like so um um it's not as much of a hook as his other movies which he Park Chan-wook like definitely has a lot of hooks to his movies but this one it just still just showed me so much excellent filmmaking and I really love the the writing and the characters to it which I know a lot of people um don't necessarily connect with which I found really surprising personally um me too yeah I I didn't connect with it very much unfortunately I mean, again, I love the, I mean, the style is really interesting. Park Chan-wook is a madman when it comes to like <laughs> presentation, like Shot it's crazy because yeah. I thought the movie was going to be like more tame and like, content wise, it's tame, but that style is still just like uncompromising as hell. Like, you know, Park Chan-wook just goes all the way with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a decent movie. I just, I don't know. I think again, as much as I love the style and everything, I think it's a very energetic and fast paced movie kind of. So there's like a lot of information that kind of goes quickly. And yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a where like, I just, it was hard for me to feel connected to the situation and the characters throughout the experience. Cause there's a lot of times where I was kind of like out of the loop and I didn't quite grasp like everything that was happening, but I mean, I, I maybe on rewatch, like that could fix that. So yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense, though. It is one of those movies that's so frantic to, like, get where it's going that you sometimes don't stop and, like, assess where you're at, you know? Yeah. That's exactly what was kind of happening to me. For sure. I feel like deliberately he makes... He made the detective, uh, like, plotting very confusing just because he's he's playing with a lot of tropes of, like, you know, hard-boiled detective stuff and noirs. Um, Hitchcock stuff so um, but yeah to me it's like it's the it's the, the the technical experience of that movie that I just fucking love and the romance of course and absolutely it promotes a lot of rewatch because there's so many layers to each section of that movie because there is distinct you know acts in the movie that I I, I always love in Park Chan Walk like I don't know if you guys have seen The Handmaiden but oh, that movie, dude. masterpiece oh, yeah. It, yeah that's my favorite Park Chan Walk but the way that me movie too. Sh- me too me sh- too is structured is just absolutely brilliant. So brilliant, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I can I can't say enough good things about Park Chan Wok. He's like one of my favorite filmmakers. So, um, did you guys have you guys seen the Vengeance trilogy? Because I just watched um, 
Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance for the first time this year, and that movie is fucking crazy. I, I haven't seen any of them yet, dude. I haven't either. Well, um, old boy. I've seen Old Boy, but yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, that's the third film in the. I don't know the order, but I think it's, it's like, the second one. On oh yeah, yeah, it's Sympathy, Old Boy, and then Lady Vengeance. So yeah, um, so yeah, I, I he's just the best. I, I I can't wait for him to make another movie. Honestly, same here. Uh, Eric, go ahead. Um. All right, so. I'm going to go with one that it's it's almost debatable whether it's came out this year or not, because I the first time I saw this movie was in um, was last year, like early last year. I saw it on my phone. It was Lux Eterna. <laughs> but then this year mm. I had the, the privilege to see it in theaters. And honestly, I was a little nervous, like not a lot of movies. I'm like nervous to see in theaters, but I was like, holy shit, seeing Lux Eterna and this big ass theater is going to be fucking insane and it was it was an absolute assault on my senses and i love it for it it was incredible uh just for some context i think lux eterna is like i think it's one of gaspar noe's like best works i love that movie just as much as i love um enter the void like i yeah i i can't say enough amazing things about lux eterna i think it's incredible um and it's just so fucking daring. And I love the fact that it even had a theatrical run. I fucking, mm-hmm. oh, incredible experience. Eric, is that the one? It's like an hour long film about witches. Am I wrong? Um, It's uh, it, it's actually about like um a, a production hell of this film where we watch like this one particular behind the scenes um scene unfolding and what happens in the scene is like they're burning um the it's a scene of like burning witches but it's more so mm. actually about charlotte gainsburg and the other um co-actress like their frustration and like absolute insanity that happens behind the scenes it's really stressful but it's stressful in a way that's different from irreversible or climax like it's his most tame film but it's still so stressing like i love it yeah it's basically a super chaotic and brutally honest film about filmmaking in a way Mm -hmm. wow i'm i'm sad i missed that in theaters because i i love gaspar no way and I was going to shout out Vortex after you were talking because that's one of the most profound movie theater experiences I had this year too, but I, I, I'm i dying to see that now. Hopefully it's streaming. Oh, it's streaming something. on Shudder if you have Shudder. Oh yeah, I do have Shudder. Perfect. Um, I did see Vortex with Carlos and that was also... Oh, the experience was eh because there was a guy kicking my seat throughout yeah, the whole film. Yeah, me too. But, me too. Um, what the fuck? In yeah. Vortex? <laughs> me too. Yeah. That was the only reason why I didn't bring that one up. It was like the best theater experience because there was fuckers kicking. There were kick. There's there's a whole row behind our group. It was me, Jeremy, Perry, Jen, and Eric. We all went to go see it, and the entire group sat behind. And I swear to God, that entire group was kicking all of our seats. All of them. Fuck. I have no fucking idea. Of that movie of all movies, that's just so annoying. I was getting really (laughs) upset to see the least. I would be. I would. Yeah, and that movie's extremely quiet too, and like you're like kind of. Yeah, it, it's it takes you over. So yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it was distracting. It's still um, a great film. So yeah, it, Vortex is amazing. Yeah, um, I'm gonna shift to animation now. Um, maybe not the animation that people would expect me to talk about, but 
I had the privilege to see uh, the film, the much anticipated film, Mad God, directed by oh, Phil, shit. Phil Tippett. Um, cool. And this movie, <laughs> like what I was saying about After Sun, where it goes beyond cinema, this truly felt like another world had been accessed in some way, you know? Because the whole movie is just a descent into hell, essentially. Um, I couldn't even tell you the plot of this film. I don't remember it too well. Um, But seeing 30, 40 plus years um, of stop motion animation come to life on the big screen, like the amount of sheer work put into that movie is outstanding. And for those of you that don't know, Phil Tippett is he, he did VFX with a lot. He did VFX on the star Wars films back in the day. Um, and then with Paul Verhoeven, he did it on RoboCop and Starship Troopers and stuff like that. So he's a legend in the industry. And he had this passion project called Mad God that he was fully, I believe he was fully uh, financing it and doing it like independently. So to see that come out, and I think he's like 80 years old now. So to see him come out with a movie um, and for it to be that good and that it is viscerally disgusting and and gory and insane um, and it's stop motion animation where I'm usually used to it being more pleasant, um, like, you know, something from Leica or like Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which I love this year. But that movie was the most unpleasant experience I had at the cinema all year. And, and <laughs> but it's so like the craft was undeniable. And I actually saw it. With, I have two friends who actually they work on animate. They, they're animators for Rick and Morty. Um, so cool they. They, I dragged them to it because I'm like, guys, you're like, you know more about animation than anyone I know. And I just, I wanted to see it with them and pick their brains afterwards. And we ended up having like a two hour discussion, like, and we got food and talked about it. So it was like that whole experience that was like, probably my, I would say like top one or two favorite experiences I had about just going to the movie theater and be like, that's art. And that made me feel bad, you know? So (laughs) Have you guys yeah. seen? Have you guys seen Mad God? I know it's streaming on Shutter, I think, or something. I, I really have not seen it. it. I've heard a lot about it, but I have not seen it yet, unfortunately. Yeah, both of these last two are on my Shutter list. <laughs> Hell yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think even on streaming, it will be extremely effective, and you'll have a great time. So I would, I would highly recommend it. And I, it was, it was the best. So. Uh, it's one of my must-sees before the year ends. I'm definitely going to watch it before um, I make or finalize my 2022 list. So, yeah. That's good. You know, it kind of pairs a little bit well with Salo and in a weird way where I just, I loved it, but it made me feel just bad about the world, you know? So, <laughs> that, that and I think art can, can, can make you feel that way a lot, and that's good, I guess. Oh, so, I agree, yeah. So, uh... <laughs> Carlos. All right. Let me see here. I think I'm kind of running low on this, but <laughs> um, let's see. I think if I had to pick another one, it would more than likely be um, shit. Honestly, probably the Northman because um, I expected a really bad audience for the Northman. I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, Opening day, you know, opening day watching anything that's even like horror-esque in any way is, you know, going to be a bad time no matter what. And it's Robert Eggers. He's very, 
he could be very weird and bizarre with his approach to like story and filmmaking. So I was like, this sounds like it's going to be a bad audience, but I had, I had to see it. Like I had to, I had to see that movie day one. I was not going to wait any longer than that. So I watched it and there was quite a bit of people in the theater. And luckily everybody was pretty chill and they were respectful towards it. And it was a great time. Like I have no complaints in my theater experience at all. And I was pretty grateful that I was able to see that film on day one and actually come out of it with a really awesome theater experience. Um, and it's a film that, yeah, it's, it's a film that you definitely would want to watch on the big screen when you can. And I'm glad I was able to do that. I, it's a film that I've been really wanting to rewatch personally. I've only saw that one time in mm-hmm. theaters and that was it. Um, so, I mean, it's a film. I don't even know. I don't, I don't even own the Blu-ray yet, which is, blasphemous so i need to get blasphemy that. yeah but um yeah the film's incredible the film is like it's visually striking uh again like robert eggers it's it's, it's unforgiving with like some of this bizarre content but also violent content that it offers um again like there's some shots in the movie that i just think are just visually stunning shit uh yeah, yeah. i love the film all around and overall like i was surprised that my theater experience for that was very, very pleasant. Love to hear that. Absolutely. Are we pro North pro Northman here? I love the Northman. It's easily in my top five. Um, I'm like the biggest, one of the biggest lighthouse um, fans you'll ever meet or Eggers in general, honestly. Yeah. Lucas, you love it too, right? Oh, incredible. And easily one of the most visceral like movie theater experiences of the year too. Mm-hmm. just completely encapsulating. I remember seeing that movie at like the very end. Uh, spoiler alert, the volcano sequence. Um, oh, man. Incredible. Oh, yeah. The crowd, so the crowd audibly like clapped and like breathed a sigh of relief when it ended. Because it kind of it was like, I think Eggers is best, you know, final like 10 minutes of any film he's ever done of just heightening the dramatic and and stakes of everything that he's been building up to. I think it just left the theater just so elated. So mm-hmm. I, I fucking loved that Lucas. I was going to bring up that we saw the lighthouse together. I, I would think when it came out, like close to when it came out and yeah, did we see that at the music box? I thought we saw it at like a random AMC, like in Chicago. Yeah. So <laughs> random ass AMC. <laughs> I remember, though, like, it wasn't an annoying experience, but I think there were, like, teenagers behind us that were, like, drinking or something. Um, I remember it was just kind um, of, like, a weird vibe, even though I love that movie to death, like Eric was talking about, but I remember the initial screening was kind of whack. I don't know if you remember that. No, yeah, it's exactly um, like we've been saying about a lot of these movies where people show up expecting one thing, and then when they don't Mm. get it, they just get kind of antsy in the lighthouse, like, you know, I think a lot of people went to see that Willem Dafoe. It's like this horror movie, whatever. And then it's just, you know, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe screaming at each other. <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't know. I definitely remember the crowd being antsy at that initial yeah, screening that yeah. we had, though. Right. And and The Witch was the same thing. Like, I remember seeing that all the way back when I was like in high school. Oh, um, my God. And don't don't was... bring up The Witch, bro. That shit. <laughs> I'm traumatized <laughs> with The Witch, dog. Oh, I literally... I... I've I've never physically fought anybody in my life. I almost got into like an actual physical altercation <laughs> with people in the fucking witch theater, dude. That was one of the that is by far still I think the worst theater experience I've ever had. Ever. Shit, man. 
Damn. I, I was going to say the up. same thing. I was going to say the same thing. It was just really? like, it was people that were antsy and kind of sh- laughing at everything. So it would, it just tainted the whole experience. My God, but, dude. Like I, it's, it's fucked up. Cause like, I wanted to see that movie day one and I did it. Cause I was like, that's going to be a disaster. So I waited like two weeks, went on a Tuesday, like at fucking like 1 PM or something. And still, like, <laughs> still couldn't escape it. Like, I got there, and there was actually nobody in there for, like, the first 15 minutes of the movie. And I was like, hell yeah, we got this shit. This is great. And then, like, three grown-ass adults come in oh, no. already. I could hear them coming to the door, and they were already being loud as they were walking to their seat. And I was like, oh, my God, here we go. You could sat down. Sorry, and, like, I was going to say, you could always tell when someone's going to be annoying. Yeah, You could tell. Like, you could tell immediately. As they walk in the door, who's going to be a jackass and who's not? Yeah, and like they they were they were doing their bullshit and like they sat down and they were just being so fucking obnoxious. They were like immediately like commentating on everything that was happening, like laughing at everything and yeah, like being and they sat right in front of us too. So like it was just like a nightmare. And then Fuck. you know I asked them politely to be quiet, like in the most polite way possible. It's like, hey, is it is it possible if you like you know keep your voices down and try to concentrate on the movie. And they just turned to each other and they both laughed. They all laughed really uh, loud and they just kept, fuck, yeah, dude, they, I would have left at that point. I, yeah, I can't believe I, you stayed. I really wanted to fucking watch the movie and I was just pissed. Like I was, <laughs> I was irate. I've never been that pissed off at a movie before, like in a the theater because I waited yeah, deliberately. Angry. Like I worst. deliberately, I, I delayed like watching this movie to avoid people like this and then that, that happened so like i was so infuriated and then i just snapped i was just like yelled at the top of my lungs i was like oh my fucking god is it so hard to just shut the fuck up while you're watching a movie and then oh they all god. just fucking yeah and they all just started going in on my ass and they started Damn. like fucking like yelling and i was it was like a shouting match i was like seeing i was seeing red for like five minutes i don't even remember everything that i said but like you blacked we were, out you kind of blacked out yeah <laughs> I was just like so fucking mad and we were going back like back and forth on each other just like fucking yelling at each other but I was telling them like I was telling them like the obvious shit like you know when you pay a ticket for a movie theater that doesn't give you the validation to just you know be an asshole and to scream out comment I don't pay a ticket to hear your commentary is like what I was trying to tell them as like you know it's about being respectful and I told it's funny because like what I said I said one thing and I kind of got them to see exactly like why they were being jackasses i was like we waited like a very long time to watch this movie like this is a film that i've been like anticipating for such a long time y'all it may not be like that for y'all y'all just probably watch it to a random movie that you saw like on an ad on facebook and you just came here but like i was like for me like this is a very like i was looking forward to this very long time and you guys come in here and you guys act like you own the freaking place and just are not respectful and and then they basically like after that, she was like, all right then, or whatever. And then they literally, they literally just like, they literally just sat down and they were completely silent for the rest of the movie. Wow, you did it though. Yeah, you I did got it. Them. I guess what I said actually kind of like clicked in their adult, because these are adults. They're not like, Oh, he's right, baby. <laughs> yeah, which is, which was surprising because you don't ever see that. So like they, they actually were like, damn. I guess I guess he's right. They didn't say that, but like they just sat down after that and they did not say a peep. I mean, they were completely silent for the for the rest of the movie. There there fr- there was three of them. One friend on the right, she got up and like left, but 
but the other two stayed. Ooh. And then the other one, <laughs> she came back like 30 minutes later. So I don't know if she was trying to make a stance or something. But it didn't work. <laughs> She's like, I so need she, to cool off. I'm fuming. Yeah. So she came back and then they were all very quiet. And the rest, like for the rest of the movie, there was still like a whole hour or so left of the movie. And I got, I mean, I got what I wanted. I got to watch the movie in silence, even though it was kind of awkward. But afterwards, as we were walking and the movie was over, like they were like, they actually apologized and said they were sorry or whatever. Wow. And they said that they, they, that they got like, they were, that they enjoyed the movie and everything. And then I just left, but sorry, man, I didn't mean to go on a rant, but when you, yeah, you I was going to say, witch, you brought the witch and I just got triggered. I unlocked a really deep memory in Carlos's like psyche there. <laughs> oh my God. That was, oh. I just picture you free in my head. Dude. I just picture you screaming at people and you could see like black Phillip in the background on screen. It, like... <laughs> it really was like that, man. It was, I've never been that heated before. Again, I never fought anybody, but I thought I was going to have to fight somebody because it was getting very, <laughs> It was getting very fucking like it was getting heated, man. Contentious, never... yeah, dude. Yeah, but anyway. Wow. <laughs> wow, we were talking about positive movie experiences, yeah. and we veered. No, I love it though. That was great. Um, yeah, man. I just where I live, it just sucks. You can ask Eric. It's just uh, it's it's really bad. Yeah. yeah. If it gets so out of hand like it did for men, I just I just can't take it. Like men. I walk I walk out. Yeah, for me. <laughs> that's this is funny movies that are ha- like these really introspective horror movies that people are like, <laughs> yeah, goddamn. Lucas, do you, have, do you have a story, Lucas? Oh, sorry. I honestly was gonna say that a lot of these movies you guys are like, I saw The Witch in an empty theater. It was great. Like, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of good theater experiences, and I don't, right. I don't have any memorable like bad ones like that. I'm pretty non-confrontational. <laughs> um, do, I've do definitely you... done the thing. Where you just get up and yeah. walk out before several times in my life. Do you remember Starship Troopers? No, no, we I were, don't. I don't remember seeing. I'll, that. I'll tell. Yeah, we were really drunk. I'll tell this story really quickly. <laughs> we went to a revival screening of Starship Troopers with Paul Verhoeven's film, and um, the movie's great. I we had a great time, but there was like two dudes in front of us who were like literally talking at the the it's a loud movie like starship troopers is loud and it's hard to talk over but these two guys in front of us managed to talk over it the whole time and our friend mario who is absolutely sauced we were like really drunk for some reason at this movie um <laughs> like about an hour in he kind of leaned in he's he's like He's like, would it be possible if you guys like shut up for for like a second? <laughs> and they literally turned around and like, were like smiling, like the the most like conniving grin on their face. They're like, we'll try. And I was and there was and I was so drunk, I thought it was hilarious. But it was like, should we leave? Like that was like the worst response I've ever seen. Damn. Um, and like it, it ruined the I, the movie was fun, but like it it was like man, it kind of ruined the whole experience. Um damn but yeah i can't believe i just don't even remember that that's that's really i think you were on the other end of the of the uh of the row we were in so maybe you didn't see the exchange i don't know but yeah that's possible or you were just like so engrossed by paul verhoeven's movie (laughs) i I just remember yeah Uh, okay do you mind if i say like a little weird story about a robert eggers um experience yeah, Lucas, did you cut out? I think we lost Lucas. Oh no, uh, I thought he was done. Sorry. 
We lost Luca Guadagnino. <laughs> oh, did I did I cut out? I'm so sorry about that. I thought you were about to tell a story and then you cut out. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, I, I I think I was literally just gonna say that I like Starship Troopers. <laughs> based based king we need that all right sorry eric go ahead no i'll make this uh quick this wasn't a bad um experience for robert eggers it was just a weird one it almost feels like surreal because like um i didn't see the lighthouse with um carlos or and perry i was this was before i moved to the west coast i was visiting um oregon at the time and um we went to we me and my ex-partner we we drove to reno for like a little vacation but i was like really upset that i didn't i wasn't like able to watch the lighthouse so on our way back from from reno we we took a detour to fucking sacramento california which i had never been to california before so it was just weird being in a completely weird random place that i've never been to (laughs) and this random theater and watching um like something i was anticipating so hard like the lighthouse (laughs) and like even after the lighthouse was over i was so tired from driving and like delirious that it just didn't even like process like (laughs) like after i watched the movie i was like okay time to drive back to to (laughs) fucking southern oregon so jesus that's far oh my god yeah, so that wow. was such a wild experience. But then, obviously, after it was all said and done, I was like, damn, that was a really good movie, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I just um, wanted to mention that real quick. No, yeah, that's great. We all have weird lighthouse experiences, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, whose turn was it? I don't even Is remember. It, I, was yeah, I don't either. Yeah, that's Is it you. me? Yeah, it's you. Um, all right, since no one else has done it, I guess I'll talk about Top Gun Maverick now. Um, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, someone had I, to do I'm it. sensing a real theme in my theater experiences, and I swear this is this is tailored to the theater experiences. No, uh, no, more it's than good. Anything. Yeah, it's good. Um, this just goes hand in hand with, uh, I, I would put a hand in hand with the new Avatar movie in terms of it really just pushes the barrier in terms of the technology I've seen used like to shoot a movie, just the things that they did in the air to shoot this and the amount of, of training and time and coordination that went into the actors, you know, being in the shots for certain things and, and like the G4 stuff that they went through. I don't know. It really, it all shows up on screen for me and it, it just is, I don't know. It's really triumphant to watch. Like, really a movie that made me think a lot about the process of making a movie and what we get out of doing it over and over and over again like that. Absolutely. It, look, and, sorry, keep going. I was going to say it's incredible that the same person who directed that directed Spiderhead as well. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Spiderhead. Um, no, yeah, someone had to bring up Top Gun Maverick, you know, like it's been talked about to death. So all I'll say is I agree that like the the aerial stuff is just out of this world. And I'm glad that it's, people were able to see it in IMAX and that it was Tom Cruise was able to release it. So, yeah, it's a good movie. I mean, people people have said that a million times. So that's all yep, I'll say. Covered. <laughs> I, saw covered it. I saw it on my computer monitor. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> is it good on the computer monitor? It, 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 it was good, actually. Um, I'm not in love with the movie like everybody else is, but I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I'm not sense. either. Yeah, I think it's a great film. It's just not. 
I don't think it's as good as other people have said it is, but I mean, I think I think the action in the movie is really, really of course. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like you know everything else in terms of character and story. Like, I'm not really huge on all that in the movie, but in terms of like the action and the sequences, I think it's undeniable yeah. that it's really great. I just wouldn't put it up there as because I mean, there's people that say it's like oh, it's like one of the best action movies we've had like in the last 20 years. I'm like, it's yeah, it's a really great action movie. Like we just talk about the action, but if we're talking about like overall as like a great film that's also like an action movie. I don't know, man. It still it still doesn't compare to something like Mad Max Fury Road or something for me. No, but what, I don't think no. what Luke, Lucas was saying is valid though, because it's seeing that in IMAX and Dolby, it's it's kind of like what that whole setup of you know giant spectacle blockbuster presentation was made for so absolutely yeah it's kind of if if none of us mentioned top gun maverick it'd be kind of ridiculous so thank oh, you absolutely <laughs> it's a I great took movie the bullet yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm the, crazy the highest, for that one. The highest grossing movie of the year i'm glad you were uh yeah no i love I, I, I think i think the movie's really good i don't want to shit talk it i think it's really good no, it is it is a movie that like you know I think even the people who wrote it and directed it know know what the plot is. Like they know what the <laughs> level of sophistication is with everything right. else, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I wouldn't defend that part either. But yeah, for sure, I had a blast too. I had a blast seeing that in theaters, and there were a lot of like celebrities at the screening I was at. So. Oh wow. It was it was it was pretty wild. I should have watched that movie in like 4DX. <laughs> like if the, I would have watched it in 4D, like, chairs yeah. and stuff. Yeah. If I'd have watched it in 4D, like in IMAX theater or something like that, I probably would have enjoyed it more. No, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, oh, sorry, Eric Stern. I was about to say Carlos. <laughs> All right, so um, this movie, well, it's yeah, it didn't come out th- like it wasn't released this year, but it it was one of the movies that AMC just like randomly put out again. Like, hey, here's this like semi-classic movie no i think it definitely is a classic at this point it's um eternal sunshine of the spotless mind i've never seen this movie prior to when i just saw it this year i saw saw it with perry again um and man like what a what a fucking viewing experience because like um this movie is just a masterpiece like i think it's pretty like almost everybody feels that way um, and not only that, um, not to harp on it, but I went through a pretty intense breakup. So that movie just really, yeah, really intensified like the experience for me. And like after the movie was done, I just like I couldn't even speak. I was just fucking speechless, like overran with emotions. And I just think it's really cool to experience like a movie of that magnitude for the first time, like in a theater. Um so yeah, th- that was a really great um, experience. Um, just love that movie so much. Same here. I'm I'm jealous you were able to see it on the for the first time on the big screen because that movie's just intensely gorgeous in my opinion. Yeah, and really, really dreamy and and yeah. in- amazingly sh- uh, edited and shot. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of that movie. Oh, oh yeah! I don't have too much more of that after that. It's just <laughs> I just I thought I thought more people would chime in about it because it's such a well beloved film. Uh, do you no, guys? I, do you no, I mean I, I I love the I, that was one of my early like 
like entry level art house movies. Like I saw it back before I even really knew what a what an art movie was. Um, I just knew that it was really unique and interesting. And obviously, like as I grew up, I watched it like three or four more times. And yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, the freaking like presentation of that movie is just like at a whole other level. Yeah. Um, the way it just like transitions from scene to scene in this really like dreamlike world is very, very impressive. I would love to see that in theaters. Yeah, me too. And I think seeing that after a breakup is, is as another level of oh my god, enjoyment. yeah, I, I can't imagine. It was so. a pretty bad breakup, so yeah, I uh, it definitely hit me, hit me like a ton uh, of bricks. Yeah, I, I think uh, movies like sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, but this those movies can be like coping mechanisms though, which is great. So oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was just going to say, I saw this movie before ever having gone through a breakup and now having been through one before, I will never be watching this movie again. Uh, it's a great <laughs> yeah. movie, though. I'm the same way. I saw the movie and I was like 12 and I annoyed. I didn't know shit about relationships or anything. So, but when you get as you get older, though, the movie becomes like just super meaningful, though, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So do you guys, I mean, real quick, do you guys like Charlie Kaufman or is it? Do you guys have any Charlie Kaufman I, takes? I love Charlie Kaufman. Um, I, I pretty much anything he's involved with. Um, I, I this is a hot take. I think no, this is absolutely a hot take. I like. Um, I'm thinking of ending things more than Synecdoche. Wow. On, honestly, I don't. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying it's better. I just like it more. No, that's. I like that take a lot, and I'm a huge fan of both those movies. So. Um, I'm not a fan of I'm thinking of any things. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> Go ahead. Negative, negative Nancy. Injured. <laughs> You're right. I am. I'm fucking Sometimes. with you. No. I think it was, I think partly because that movie came out during quarantine and had kind of its themes on, on alienation and mm-hmm. depression were just super amplified at the time. And I haven't come back to that movie since because it was a really visceral experience the first time but I, I i'm with you I, I love that film one of the best of 2020 i, I think my opinion. favorite like i mean i still really like charlie kaufman a lot though like regardless even if i'm not huge on the movie i think he's a really talented like filmmaker and screenwriter um probably adaptation my favorite is so good i was just Mas- dude, masterpiece you, yeah. you said the word <laughs> right out of my mouth dude adaptation is my favorite i mean it's not directed by charlie kaufman but that's my favorite yeah. Charlie Kaufman screenplay in my like that movie is just like that that to me that that movie got me on a on a, like on a real emotional level. Um oh, yeah. I mean like it's just like very well written like it, it tackles the whole like meta concept so incredibly well. The performance sure. by Nick Cage is just like really great from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I I fucking love adaptation. That's one of my I think that's I would probably put that like in my top 20 favorite films of all time, actually. Adaptation wow. is really, really great. Um oh, yeah. being John Malkovich is probably my favorite like Chof- like Kaufman directed films. It's also uh, directed by Spike Oh, Jones. that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's Spike Shit. Jones. He did Synecdoche and then he did uh Anomalisa. Anomalisa, yeah. Yeah. Anomalisa is really great too. That's I love everything he's he's directed. Yeah. My favorite, damn, it's crazy though, because like my, my favorite Kaufman material is directed by Spike Jones. Then, <laughs> that's fair but, though. That I think that's one of his best yeah. writing pieces of writing he's ever done. Yeah. So, so, uh, Synecdoche, New York is pretty fucking good though. It's been a long time since I've seen it though. That's a hard movie to rewatch just because it's kind of it's very it's upsetting. very dense. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's very dense. It's very upsetting. A lot of people will say it's like a horror movie disguised as like a drama. Um, or did I say that backwards? I don't know. But it's <laughs> a lot of people refer to it as a horror movie. So I I I've, I I fucking love that movie though. Um all right, so let, let's I'll wrap this up. I'll I'll go quickly because I know we're running short on time here. Um I I I have two really quick ones for my last ones, and I'll be quick. Um the first one I'll talk about is my experience of seeing the Batman. Um and yes. I, like, I, <laughs> I like the film a lot. I, I don't know if I love it as much as you, Lucas, but the reason I'm bringing it up is because Robert Pattinson actually showed up at our screening and introduced the movie like full surprise. Oh my god. And oh my god, dude. And I had a friend visiting from out of town and I was like, hey, let's go see the Batman. It'll be fun. He's like, all right. And then just the fact that I my friend got to see Robert Pattinson like in person, I was like, man, you really experienced LA to its fullest potential. You just saw <laughs> Rob Pattinson show up and uh, the movie's great, obviously, but it was like I had to mention that I I saw Robert Pattinson and high fived him on his way out. So that's so cool. That yeah, is that's badass. awesome. So it definitely heightened that experience. Um, and I'll, the last one I'll bring up it's an it's just another revival screening I saw at the New Beverly Cinema, which is Quinn Tarantino's theater that he owns in that here in L.A. Um, they play a lot of great like exploitation stuff and old art house movies. Um, and I saw how zoo on the big screen, which is something I always wanted to do. And I had fun. That's and awesome. That's, and it was, that's about it. Like, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And it, it was like, like Eric was saying, uh, it's a bucket list thing. So to see how zoo on the big screen fucking ruled and, uh, just shove popcorn in your mouth and me and my roommate saw it and just, and like I just went outside and smoked cigarettes and talked about it. It's just, I just that's that's why I love seeing old movies that I love and just seeing other people experience it for the first time. So, so I love Hazu. Who doesn't? Me too. I fucking adore it. Carla, Carlos, I swear, if you're gonna be <laughs> <laughs> that movie, fucking sucks. <laughs> no, I mean I don't love it as much as you guys, but it is pretty good that's movie. Okay. Yeah, just fucking with you. <laughs> it's weird because, like, lately, like on my channel, people have been saying, like, "Oh, I, d- I just love everything that that I watch." But it, like, when you really Ooh. get to know me, I, I come off more negative. I guess the I don't truth know. comes out on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're 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 usually very positive. Um, yeah, I am actually. Um. Yeah, go for it, yeah. man. Your final pick. Okay. Um. All right, I probably say. If I had to pick one last one, I'd probably go, um, shit. Honestly, I'd probably go with Marcel the Shell with shoes on. <laughs> um, nice. Because the audience was great. It was actually pretty packed. And the audience was great. Um, they were all, like, reacting very well to the movie. Um, you know, it's a very wholesome experience. And you could tell that everybody was very on board with what the film was going for. And uh, I mean, there there was children in the in the audience, and they seemed to really lo- like it. They were reacting well to it, and they weren't like disrespectful either. Like you know, everything was the audience was great, the film was great, um, and it's a very moving film that I think everybody was affected by by the end of it. And it was really cool to see like everybody just come together and watch like just such a wholesome movie, and everybody just be on board with what it's going for, and just really get a lot out of it. So. Yeah, nice. I think I think that 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 for, for me that was a really great theater experience. Hell yeah, I I've ashamedly not 
seen Marcel yet. And it's oh, oh my so god. Good. It's so it's good. great. It is on my top of my list on catch up movies. So um so yeah, it's it's so up my alley too. I just I'm a fucking idiot for not seeing it on the big screen because <laughs> it is so gorgeous looking. So it is. And a lot Jenny Slate, I'm a big fan of her. She's she's a Oh, she's great, dude. I love her. <laughs> she's so funny. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Whoever's actually keep forgetting the order. Lucas, I think it's Lucas. Yeah, because the order Um, on my Zoom is like Eric's after Carlos. Oh, (laughs) Oh, gotcha. So go ahead. Sorry. Oh no. So really quick, I'll go with Nope. Um, another obvious one, but uh, I personally have been waiting for. This is a weird thing with me is I love UFO movies, but I don't like any of the movies. I just love watching them and then being disappointed because they don't do it for me and then seeking <laughs> more out and repeating the cycle over and over again. <laughs> um, so I'll just bring up one other movie that I didn't see in theaters, which is called Something in the Dirt. Um, so that's cheating, but Nope oh, is yeah. kind of of a piece with that where they're, they're both these movies that are um, very visually oriented and very much deliver on that, but they're really more about people seeking something and really seeking an experience out of something that they can't tangibly grasp onto in a way that I really identify with just as a movie watcher. Like that's an experience I often feel. And um, I don't know. I really just thought Nope worked on a number of different levels. I think it's the best Jordan Peele movie so far. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, oh, just really I agree. It. I a hundred percent agree with that. Me too. Uh, it's, um, he's just incredible. I I think all three of his movies you could validly say is his best, but for me, personally, it would be nope. And seeing that movie on the big screen also was just God. It was a treat. See, I saw. I don't know if you guys saw an IMAX, but seeing it in IMAX, like the scope of that movie, really, really. Pres- it felt like you know you're watching an old '70s sci-fi movie in the theater. So. That's pretty great. I will I will say, just for the record, the monkey looks kind of bad. The monkey is not great in Nope. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, 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 CG, the CG's a little rough, yeah. Yeah, but but other than that, you know, five stars. Yeah, it's <laughs> one of my favorites of the year. Yeah. The, Eric, go ahead. Close us out. All right. So um I this is I'm not gonna talk about this one. I just want to honorably mention everything everywhere all at once that was a, yeah that is that's my favorite of the year um and i had a great experience but it's not like anything um too unique um as far as like movie theater experiences go the one i the one i actually want to talk about is another movie that wasn't released this year uh, most of my most memorable memorable experiences have been non-2022 releases but uh it's Inland Empire by David Lynch. Wow. Oh, nice. Yeah. I saw this movie again. I saw it with Perry. Um, and just the amount of dread, knowing that I have three hours to spend with this fucking nightmare of a film. And yeah. don't get me wrong, I love the film. I think it's incredible. But like that movie is like the second scariest film I've ever seen. Like that movie is fucking a fever dream. And, um, like those intense fucking like jump scares, like I was yeah. dreading them the whole fucking movie. And then when they did come, like it definitely didn't disappoint. So just yeah. Um really surreal experience if I had to give it a word. Um 
and I, I don't know if anybody else here got got to see the the theatrical release of Inland Empire, like the re-release, but it was no. incredible. I wish I had because I'm a, I'm a massive Lynch fan. And I'm a massive fan of that movie. Um, but thankfully, we're having a Criterion release pretty soon, so more yeah. people are able to experience that that film. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, I I agree 100. It's it's a fever dream and a nightmare fueled experience through and through. So I I can imagine seeing it on the big screen to be quite upsetting, but also just so rewarding at the same time. It's the only David Lynch film I've seen in theaters, and it's his most inaccessible, insane film, in my opinion. I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I missed out on like every single awesome classic film screening this year. I didn't I didn't go to a single classic film screening, which is odd. Like <laughs> every year I usually attend at least three or four. This year I just didn't. It was probably just because I was caught up with a bunch of shit or something. That but, happens. Yeah. yeah. You get busy with the channel and all kinds of stuff. But but yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely gonna I'm, I'm gonna make that like a new year's uh resolution or something to catch more of these classic revival films all right so let's talk about movies that we're looking forward to seeing in 2023 there's quite a few on, on my list i don't know about you guys um i, I surprisingly have a lot <laughs> i do as well uh at least more than i expected yeah i mean i'm gonna just mention ones that we already talked about we we talked about infinity pool um the the Brandon Cronenberg movie, which is kind of a niche film, but I'm really looking forward to it. But uh, probably my number one most anticipated for next year is Killer, Killers of the Flower Moon, which is the Martin mm-hmm. Scorsese uh, directed film. And I'm a massive fan of the novel that that movie is being adapted by. Uh, oh, so, nice. and it's Scorsese uh, teaming up with De Niro, DiCaprio, and Jesse Plemons. So, I, I mean, how could you not be psyched for that? So that's yeah. probably my number one. Um. Yeah, nice. you guys could just bring up any. Just we can keep going back and forth. I mean, if I had to pick a number one that I'm most excited for, I mean, it's really hard to be honest with you. There's a lot of shit I'm looking forward to. Me too. Um, yeah. I I think Dune Part Two would be an obvious one for me. Yeah. Um. I mean, I am. I I don't know. I, apparently, a lot of people weren't in love with the with Dune Part One, but I really, really love Dune Part One a lot. Um. So it's kind of like. Needless to say, I'm really, really looking forward to part two. I'm really hoping that it really like delivers so that way people can go back and appreciate the first part. Because that's one of the biggest complaints I hear about part one is that like, oh, it's not complete. So like maybe when part two comes out, people can appreciate it like as a whole. But um, yeah, that's all I'll Absolutely. say, right? If anybody else wants to go, y'all can go. I have, a, um, if I were to give my most anticipated, it's without a doubt, um, the film title and, and by Yorgos Lanthimos. Oh yeah, um, it has oh, Emma, yeah. Emma Stone, Jesse Plemons, and I think Willem Dafoe. Am I? I don't yeah, know if I'm wrong I, on that. I think he's he has two movies coming out next year. If yeah, I'm mistaken. <laughs> he's coming out with Poor Things too. I'm looking out for for Poor That's Things. Insane. Yeah, I, I can't wait yeah. for both of them. Yeah, he's one of my favorite filmmakers working today, hands down, and I I just mm-hmm. love him so much. I can't wait. Can't wait for that, yeah. Lucas. How about you? Um. So my my most anticipated that hasn't been mentioned is uh the new Andre Overdahl movie The Last Voyage of the Demeter which mm-hmm. is um probably the I would say the least anticipated of the Dracula movies that's coming out next year fuck? it's the third one um what are you talking about <laughs> you, you guys don't know there's three Dracula movies coming out next year no we no. got mm-hmm. we got okay I I'll love this all though. of these what? is my list um <laughs> 
there's <laughs> one I can't remember the names. There's one starring Nicolas Cage where it's oh, told I, from okay. the perspective of his assistant. I know what you're talking about now. Okay, okay. That and then, dope. yeah, no, that one's gonna be great. Um, and then there's the last voyage of the Demeter, which is um an adaptation of the Captain's Log chapter. If you guys have read the original novel, um, okay. It's basically the story of what happens to the crew that ships him from Transylvania right. to America. Um, and I'm very excited for that one. And then the third one, um, I could be getting, is the third one not Dracula? It's Nosferatu. Is this that is what I'm yeah. 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 Okay. It's Agar- Robert Eggers movie. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Eggers. Oh, yeah. Eggers. Okay. Is it's it about- actually coming out though? Yeah. It's I'm not sure forward. about that one. They're like, definitely it's- making it. Okay. That's, that's insane. That's awesome. So these aren't like connected to each other narratively. No, they're just no, they're just no, no, coming they're out. Just three separate Dracula adaptations okay. all coming out. <laughs> I thought you, I thought it was a trilogy that you were like it's coming out <laughs> no, next no, year. No. Like, Holy shit! No, no, it, I mean it's an unofficial trilogy. <laughs> That's amazing though. That it's I, fresh IP. Who's directing the Nick Cage one? I know it was something cool. It's like, um, shit. I was trying to look it up. I can't hold on. Why you look it's it called up? Renfield. Okay. Why you look it up? I'll I'll go to my next one. Yeah. Uh, uh, Asteroid City. I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to that. The new Wes Anderson film. Like, like all his films, the cast is absolutely phenomenal, and I I can't wait for that movie. Um, and uh, what else do I got here? Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan's film, uh, has a lot of hype around it right now. I know they're playing a their trailer during uh, Avatar two, so. That's a big, uh, that's a big one, and that's that's pretty much all I have, uh, you know, um, that I want to bring up. <laughs> you guys can go ahead yeah. if you want. I'm just gonna go down the list. Yeah, of everything that's what I, I have. Doing. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So one thing that's very high up there because this is when I had a battle with like tied for number one, but like uh, the new Ari Aster film, Bo is Afraid. It was <laughs> yeah. called Disappointment Boulevard, but he changed it to Bo is Afraid. Um, either way, like I'm very much looking forward to that. Apparently, the movie is going to be very bizarre, and I'm all here for it. Um, I mean, it's got Joaquin Phoenix too. Like, come on, dude. Um, yeah, then we have Poor Things, as we mentioned, the Yorgos Lanthimos film, Killers on the Flower Moon, Scorsese, and uh, for me, I'm actually highly looking forward to Knock at the Cabin from M Night Shyamalan. Oh yeah, um, that looks good. You never know. Like, I mean, he even in like. Like even with a film like old, there's uh, there's at least bits of like really great shit in old. It's just like oh, as a no. whole, <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just like for me for me. Well, to be fair, I'm like a Shyamalan apologist. Honestly. Oh no, like, I love old. I have the exact opposite take. I'm like, yeah, you could take away a few things, but uh, it's pretty great. Oh well, shit, that's awesome. I have no, I have I no problem old, with you yeah. loving it at all. That's awesome. Old, uh, I'm, I'm, a was, huge, um, I'm a huge old fan too. I'm not a fan. <laughs> Yeah. that's also fair <laughs> yeah i remember when I, I, I went to go see that in theaters and i was like the only one like giving it any credit almost <laughs> but um but yeah so uh knock at the cabin looking forward to that uh there's also a film called cut block that's co-directed by trey edward schultz and somebody else oh yeah yeah it's like a i don't know much about it he directed waves and creature yeah it comes um, at night yeah yeah um i don't know much about it except i think it's about like like timberman like like lumberjack men or something i don't know but it sounds interesting um 
Then there's oddly there's a film called Roosevelt. It's a biopic on Roosevelt starring Leonardo DiCaprio, directed by Martin Scorsese. It's supposed to come out next year. So what? Scorsese has two movies coming out. There's I learned two this. movies coming out next year. What yeah. Wait, yeah. What? I, I've never heard of this. Yeah. <laughs> if you want, you gotta look make it up. Any- he made it in secret, and he's just gonna release both yeah. in the same year. That's yeah. awesome. Bro. Yeah, I didn't know about this until I like Googled it. But wow. Yeah. Um. And then you have, um, in terms of ones that, like, nobody has said yet. You have this movie called Bottoms that's directed by um, I can't remember her name, but she directed a uh, Shiva Baby. Yeah. Um, and it also has a. Uh, Rachel Sinat in it. So I'm highly looking forward to wow. that. Um, and so another one that I'm highly looking forward to, hopefully it comes out next year, is a new Paul Thomas Anderson movie that's also starring uh, uh one of it's starring Leonardo DiCaprio, but apparently he's in talks to be in it. So there's that. Um what is Leo's just working with the best directors next year? <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. going on? Um, and then you have I don't know if anybody's gonna be excited for this one. But Michael Sarnowski, the director of Pig, um, oh, yeah. he's going to be directing a Quiet Place prequel. I saw that, yeah. Oh, shit. So, I mean, I'm kind of, I mean, I really like the first Quiet Place. I I actually do like the second one, too. I know a lot of people don't, but I, I do like the second Quiet Place. Uh, I mean, good. I'm not in love with it, but I think it's a decent movie. It's a good movie, yeah. Awesome. So that's coming out, and then you have a Francis Ford Coppola movie coming out. Fuck yeah! Called, called oh uh, yeah, that's Megalopolis. Right. Megalopolis. Yeah. Yeah. And it has, it has starring Aubrey Plaza. I think. Is it's, it really? It's yeah. Adam Driver, Aubrey Plaza, and like yeah. Shia LaBeouf. It's got a wild cast. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's all I had. But I mean, it's next year. Just on the surface, looks like it's going to be pretty crazy. Lucas, I have to ask. There's something what? you sent me. You sent me something yesterday that the director of Minari is going to direct a, a sequel to Twister. Oh, yeah. Is that right? direct- yeah. Is that, right? that made me laugh for like up. 20 minutes, dude. That's <laughs> I'm so excited about that. That's make that's the most whack shit ever. It's but... going to be called Twisters. <laughs> <laughs> Minari is I, I love Minari so much. This is a well, weird fucking turn oh it's gonna be so good i can't wait I, there's <laughs> nothing better you know speaking of um the new luca guadagnino movie it's like a tennis movie that he's yeah. making oh, yeah, yeah. it's like a sports comedy with uh what's her name Zendaya. Zendaya. yeah there's nothing this is part of what's so great about luca like there's nothing better than a director just pivoting hard you know what i mean like like minority sure. to twisters even though it's the same region <laughs> that's a hard pivot. like that's gonna be great that's a way bigger leap than Luca doing a sports movie, though. The... Well, he just made a cannibal movie, so I don't know. <laughs> he made Sus- he made Suspiria though before, but like True. this is literally this guy made like a, a, a like an Ozu type family movie, and now he's making a disaster movie. <laughs> it's pretty it's pr- Ozu type family disaster movie. <laughs> They're just trying to protect. <laughs> It's the same family just trying to protect their crops from a twister. Yeah, there was it, it was storming pretty hard at Benari. <laughs> Stephen Young is just like fucking burning down his crop fields again. Fuck. This is going to be number one on all of our lists next year. I can feel it. <laughs> I'm feeling it too already. It's mostly the fucking the 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 headline that I just couldn't stop laughing at. <laughs> That's so good. Anyway, uh, 
Anyone else? Anyone else want to bring up movies? I can go down the line like Carlos did. Yeah, go ahead. So, one of the, some of the ones that we haven't mentioned, I'm unironically really excited for Barbie. <laughs> My girl. I was waiting to, for Carlos to bring it up so we can make a joke. Yeah, I, I, I'm indifferent to it, so I'm not really. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I was going to bring that up, but I didn't want to cause any stir at the end of the podcast. <laughs> We got that the, might be my number like top five next year, but yeah, we got the 2001 a Space Odyssey 2001, references, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Barbie, that's look, that looks great. <laughs> that is pretty lit, though. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Watch it; it's gonna fucking blow you away, Carla. It's gonna be like your number it's possible. one of next year. It's fucking possible, dude. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Eric. No, I'm I'm sorry. I'm excited for uh, John Wick Four. Like on in full honesty. Yeah, <laughs> nice. big John, oh, yeah. big John Wick fan. I'm time as well. Um, Maxine, the the third. Um, oh yeah, the the third in the trilogy with uh, Mia Goth and Ty West. Very excited for that. Me Do too. I love X and Pearl? Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Shit, I love the first one. It's one of the best superhero movies ever. The first one, so I agree. God. Yeah, I can't wait. Carlos needs to watch the first one. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Really? I feel like everyone saw that movie at the time. I know. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Asteroid City. I don't know if you brought that up already. Yeah, Jake yeah, did. I did briefly. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. My my bad. No, yeah, no I, I, I can't wait for that, too. Lu- Lucas, you're what, are you going to bring up like a... Uh, do you have any more or was that just the... Weird I don't ass. have a list. I don't have a list. I have two more. Um, one is I only recently found out Ben Wheatley is directing yeah, Meg to yeah. the trench. So it's I'm fun. hyped for that now. <laughs> uh, any Ben Wheatley movie, I'll I'll, I'll get hyped for. Um, it, eh? And then I just want to shout out: there's a new Transformers movie in theaters. <laughs> so anyone to uh, forget that that's happening next year? My Rise God. of the Beasts, I believe. Rise of the Beasts. <laughs> you know, go go see that opening night, please. Oh, you know, we got to support Fuck, those. We... So. And 3D. We just lost so many people with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I, I approve. That was great. Um, I have a few more that I'll just read off real quick. Uh, Showing Up is a Kelly Reichardt movie who's my favorite oh, yes. modern yeah. director and they just dropped a trailer that and it looks very good and I hear it's, every movie she makes is good so I'm very excited for that. Uh, there's a new Mission Impossible. We mentioned Tom Cruise coming out next year and that's highly anticipated for me. I love the last one. Um, kind of a weird pick but Jesse Eisenberg directed a movie uh, that <laughs> looks like it could be absolutely abysmal but uh <laughs> It's got great actors in it, like Julianne Moore is in it, so I'm 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 kind of intrigued by it. But NA24 is distributing, so that equals a good movie. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> yeah. AKA Kino, Kino Lord A24. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's so many that we forgot about, but that those were like the ten that I that came to mind. So uh, rest assured, Barbie will win Best Picture in 2020. Oh yeah, I'm rooting for it. <laughs> The Kubrick homage. Um, all right. To wrap this up, I prepared a little game for these guys. Um, basically, how it's going to work is I pulled four random reviews off Letterboxd um, for 2022 releases, and they are very vague. 
And basically, I just want to see if these guys can guess the movie. So I will read the review. And if if you have an idea, just honestly, just shout it out. Um, and I think that's the best way to, to go about this. So <laughs> the first review, I'll, I'll credit the person as well. The first review is from a guy named Shane McAvoy. And okay. the review is conservative destroys social justice warrior college student four and a half stars. <laughs> oh, tar. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> that's like th- that that's review good. has 2,000 likes. And that's all he's, <laughs> he just named a scene in the movie. Um, I did a whole like scene analysis on that. So that was really easy. Yeah. For yeah. People. That was a good video. Everyone check that out. Um, oh, thank you. It's a great one. Uh, next one is uh, one second. So this is, comes from a girl named Lily. Um, and she said her review of this film that one unemployed friend at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday, colon. Um, what was the last one? thing you said? Colon. Like she's like, oh, oh colon. You put a colon. Okay. So it's like this movie. That one unemployed friend at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I have no clue. Honestly, uh, think really literally about the characters in it. That that unemployed friend on 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. Are you looking at Letterboxd, Carlos? Because it might show up. No, I'm I'm looking at movies I saw this year and see if I can oh, okay, put it okay. together. No, yeah, no, 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 kind of same here, honestly. No, go ahead, go ahead. Once you hear it, it's unemployed like... friend at two p.m. on a Tuesday. I like those memes, but I'm trying to. What? Uh... <laughs> well, uh, Cha Cha? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not that literally. I'll give you a hint. It's like, it's like a very it, the main character is very like lost in limbo, and he is kind of. It's a he. He's kind of yeah. like unaware that he his life has no purpose. Uh, banshees? It's not Banshees, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's Banshees. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I love how you, you said shot shot real smooth first. <laughs> That's actually a better review for that. Okay. Uh, okay, this one's about to be harder. Um, okay. This one comes from Hannah Beasley. Her review. My favorite thing about the movie is that it feels like a movie. It feels like a real, like, you know, go <laughs> Don't to worry. Theater. Don't worry, darling. Don't worry, darling. <laughs> yeah, that, that one. For sure. You guys do that immediately. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> one of the classic. best quotes of the year. That's amazing. The second one I was going to. like gonna... a movie. Like, go to the theater, film, film. movie. <laughs> oh, shit. It's gold. Uh, the next one was that I was going to do for Don't Worry Darling. It was like the movie about the dangers of letting men have and listen to podcasts. But that would also <laughs> be that would have been super obvious. All right. Meta. Um, the next one, um, this is actually a more serious one liner, but uh, this comes from Crimson. I buried my affection in deep ocean. Come find me. I buried my affection in deep ocean. Come find me. It's like a riddle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. Um. Huh. Think ocean. I w- I'll give you that hint. It's the not Avatar, decision to it? leave. Yes, yeah, decision to leave. 
Ah, okay. I just the avatar oh. would have been fucking hilarious. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't know if I get the joke if it's avatar. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great though. Um all right. The next one comes from Bill Griff. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Bill Griff. Um I love you, Bill. He said love you too. Calling someone upper class, middle class is justifiable for a leg wound. Calling someone bodies, upper- bodies, bodies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh. <laughs> okay, last one. Last one. This one is is kind of ridiculous, but this comes from David Sims. Nom nom. Nom nom. Fuck. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. Uh, I was I gonna say you, triangle of sadness. I thought you were gonna say that or bones and all. Oh, because oh, yeah. they're because they're eating uh. people. <laughs> Fuck! All right, that was that was the last one. That was fun. I got it really quick. Okay. Yeah, it was immediately the menu. Um, you got you got one. Fuck. Anyway, um, that was fun as hell. That was yeah, so man. fun. Yeah, man. Um, all right, I guess that's about it. That was that was a really fun podcast. Thank you guys so much for coming on i hope i hope you enjoyed no talking of about course. theater and carlos's little therapy session about the, about the witch oh god uh, i feel really <laughs> bad going on a tangent about no that, that was great <laughs> no 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 that was amazing was like beautiful. honestly you should clip that part of the podcast and like put it on your channel as like <laughs> I probably yeah, you should do a video <laughs> yeah, on that's that. a good idea yeah. actually yeah, i could give you i'll send you the clip and be like you could just throw it on your like the the main thumbnail like here's right, why fuck the fucking witch yeah <laughs> um yeah like i said look out for uh the santa claus episode that will probably drop around christmas um i don't know if i might drop this before or after the holidays i don't know but this will also be in carlos's channel so uh look out for it on the misfit pond uh channel the, anything you want to plug carlos i know you always plug your your stuff i mean feel free to join my discord uh through patreon five dollars a month uh, we have movie nights all the time. We talk all the time about film and other shit that is inappropriate, but it's still fun. Um, <laughs> what a um, great incentive! <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, there's people from all over the world in this chat, so it's a it's a whole lot of fun. Um, other than that, I mean, check out stuff on my channel. I recently did reviews for Holy Spider, uh, Skin and Marink, uh, Lady Snowblood. I have a tar scene analysis, so. That's about it. Join Patreon and uh, join the Discord and watch some of my content. That's it. Also, I have a short film called Solita. If you want to check it out, give me some feedback. Um, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, check out the channel and Lady Snowblood rules. So I'm glad you uh, you reviewed yeah. that one. That's a great one. That was awesome. Eric and Lucas, anything you got? Any parting words you want to say? I can. Uh... I can tell people to follow my Instagram if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> It's um plug anything at, you want at spooky underscore Blair B L A I R E. I'm follow. pretty active on Instagram, so feel free. Follow Spooky Blair on Instagram. Lucas, do you want to plug like your Tumblr, anything <laughs> like that? Your um, Tumblr. <laughs> uh, I guess people could follow me on Letterboxd at L N A B E R. Uh, other than that, not really. Um, see Rise of the Beasts uh, in 2023 in theaters. <laughs> You're an ambassador for Michael Bay's marketing team, aren't you? You're just it's going around. <laughs> micro-marketing. It's a thing. It, it works. <laughs> From this podcast alone, that movie's going to generate like 
two million more dollars for the <laughs> yeah. was, no doubt <laughs> happy to happy to do it but thank you so much for having me no worries dude i, I always Same love here. having yeah i love having so all much. of you Appreciate you guys it. are all you guys are all so great i love having you on um yeah, guys, thank you guys for another year of the Cinnabums. I appreciate it. I, I love doing this. It's my first year of hosting by myself. Usually I was a guest or usually I just edit the videos. So it's good to be like, bring up like different friends who love film on. It's just been a blast. So I I will continue to do it in 2023. So everyone have a great Christmas and, and New Year and all that good stuff. And see Avatar 2, The Way of Water. <laughs> when it comes on films because because james cameron needs the money um oh yeah yeah all right merry Bye. christmas, Bye -bye. Merry christmas.